Hi guys, I'm Rachel, but you can just call me Ray. My story is about how our family came to live on an island, and we lived there all alone, we thought. It all started on a normal Friday night. My dad had a family meeting. In the living room, my parents, me, and my dim-witted brother, Jack. Dad proudly declared, I've worked hard and finally saved the right amount for my dream. My brother asked, how much did it add up to? $300 million. Dad proudly replied. We all whistled in amazement. Well, I should tell you that my dad had started his own stationery company when he was young, working and saving all his life. So when I realized where he was going, I exclaimed, please don't tell me you bought it after all. My father interrupted my pathetic cry. I bought an island and we're moving. No! I was only 16 years old. And you must understand, I had my life all set up. School, friends, a boyfriend I was secretly in love with. I didn't want to change anything. So when Dad sent us packing, I protested. But Mom reassured me a little. Ray, it's summer. We'll live there for a bit. You'll love it. Mom, that's ridiculous. What island? But it's Daddy's dream. He cares about us. Give him a chance. I puffed up like that spiny fish, showing my displeasure, but still went to my room to pack my bags. In the morning, our whole family was on the pier, waiting for the boat. Instead of a beautiful yacht, came a cargo ship. All of us climbed aboard. Dad walked past the huge containers and narrated, This is where we keep our groceries. I only took the ones that don't spoil quickly. He pointed to the next one. Here are the building materials. That's when my dumb brother decided to get involved. He pointed to the largest container and yelled, And this is where all of Rachel's clothes are, right? Dad and my brother laughed. At that moment, I felt the ship move. It took us two whole days to get to the island. By the way, it turned out that my brother Jack gets seasick. So I had fun watching him suffer. So what? He makes fun of me. Well, finally, we made it. Huge containers were stacked right on the shore. And a little further away, my Robinson daddy decided to set up a camp. All day long, we were setting up bungalows. And at some point, I got so bored, I said, I'm going for a walk around the island. Daddy wanted to say something to me, but Mom said I needed to be alone. In fact, I wanted to call my friend Shelly and complain to her. I wandered around the island looking for a place where I could get a signal, but no luck. And then I saw the highest mountain. As I mustered my strength, I decided to climb it. It wasn't easy, and I crawled on all fours for the last hundred meters. After catching my breath, I took out my phone but there was still no signal. I rushed around the mountaintop, but all in vain. We were cut off from the outside world. Suddenly, I stepped on something soft and hot. I jerked my foot away sharply. There were embers from a fire, and it seemed as if it was still burning not long ago. An extraordinary thought crossed my mind. If someone made a fire, then we're not alone here after all. And at the same moment, I heard some rustling in the bushes. I screamed like a lunatic. I rushed off this mountain. I didn't stop until I got to camp. My mother met me at our camp. What happened? 
After such a marathon, I could barely get it out. There's someone else on the island. Dad and my brother just laughed. Dad said, of course there are, rodents and birds, but no one besides them. Dad didn't even want to listen to me, which made me very angry. Soon it got dark, and after dinner, we all went to bed, but we didn't get much sleep. I was awakened by a wrestling noise. I decided to check it out. I didn't want to wake up my family, well, they wouldn't believe me anyway. I switched on the flashlight on my phone and went to explore. The sound was coming from the shore, from where the containers with our things were. As I got closer, I saw that one of the doors was open. I took a rock and threw it inside. There was a loud, ouch! After that, someone's shadow ran out of the container. I could have sworn it was a human. It ran into the bushes. I rushed after it. But as I was making my way through the bushes, I lost the thief. Now I knew for sure we were not alone. After closing the container, I headed back to camp. In the morning, I told my brother what had happened during the night. You must have seen a monkey, he answered. The only monkey here is you. Oh, you probably crawled in there yourself last night to get something to eat. Ah, shut up and help me catch the thief. All right, there's nothing else to do here anyway, my brother agreed. I took a stick and scribbled a drawing of a trap in the sand. We spent the evening making it. And when we were done, we high-fived each other. Jack proudly declared, Here, now when the thief opens the door, the net will shoot at him and we'll get him. Then my brother and I hid in the bushes and waited. Well, truth be told, Jack fell asleep very quickly, leaving me alone on guard duty. Suddenly, I saw the same figure creep up to the container door. He opened the door, hiding behind it like a shield. The net shot out and fell to the ground. The thief, as if nothing had happened, made his way inside, like he knew about the trap. I yelled loudly to frighten the thief, and then I rushed towards him. The burglar, however, tripped me. I stumbled and flew inside the box. I tried to get out, but he slammed the door. The goddamn thief outplayed me and wiped me out. I started pounding on the door, hoping someone would hear me, and it worked. A minute later, the door was opened by my satisfied brother. I shouted, what are you so happy about? We missed him. You missed him, I didn't. There was a thief lying in the sand, tangled in the net. My brother managed to catch him. We got closer. The thief started growling and kicking. When we got a closer look, we realized that it was a girl and she was our age. Jack said, we got a savage. You're a savage. Get me out of here, shouted the thief. We were shocked that she could talk. All right, but promise me you won't run away, I said. The girl reluctantly nodded. Freeing herself from the net, she shook herself off and said, I'm Erica. How did you end up on the island? Jack asked. Erica sighed and told us her story. Erica's father wanted to send her to study in Switzerland, but the girl didn't want to. She stole her father's sailboat to punish him, but she got caught in a storm. The girl fell overboard and lost consciousness, and then she woke up on the island. That was three months ago, maybe more, Erica added. Jack and I both whistled. But why didn't you come to us in the first place? What if you're slave traders or cannibals? She added, I want to go home. When are you sailing off? Tomorrow? The day after tomorrow? But my brother intervened. But we're not planning to leave. My father bought this island. What? But I thought... Erica cried. 
She turned around and ran into the jungle. My brother wanted to chase after her, but I stopped him. In the morning, we told our parents everything. Mom was silent, and Dad started laughing again. But to everyone's surprise, Erica walked into the bungalow. Dad was abruptly silent. Erica asked in a commanding voice, A ship with provisions ought to be coming to you. When? Father answered confusedly, At the end of the summer. Erica was upset, and she sat down next to us. She snatched the chocolate from Jack's hands and swallowed it whole. Jack didn't like that and called Erica a slob. The girl, of course, was offended. So she went to the beach. I decided to talk to her. Erica was, after all, surviving on the island on her own. She's a girl from a rich family. She's probably struggling here. In the sunlight, I was able to get a better look at Erica. She did look like a savage. That's when I realized I knew what could cheer any girl up. I ran back to my room and got a little backpack. And then I handed it to her. Erica was surprised and opened the bag. When she saw what was inside, her eyes lit up with happiness. She shouted, Real shampoo and cream, even makeup. Yes, this is my gift to you. She hugged me so hard that my bones cracked. After getting the backpack, Erica ran off into the jungle again. She didn't show up until the evening. My brother was eating soup when she came in. Erica looked gorgeous. Long, silky hair, makeup. Jack even dropped his plate of hot soup in astonishment. My brother jumped up and started pacing around the bungalow. After making sure he was all right, we all shared a good laugh. Jack was no longer rude to our guest. He spent the whole evening wooing her and trying to give her something to eat. He seemed to have a crush on her. But Erica didn't reciprocate my brother's feelings. She still remembered how Jack had insulted her. The summer was coming to an end, and Dad was starting to get tired. He admitted that his idea of living on the island was quite silly. Now we were all counting down the days together when the ship would arrive. One day, Erica was teaching Jack and me how to fish. Jack asked the girl, So, how do you throw a spear properly? Erica giggled and said to me, Ray, will you show him? I swung and threw the spear in my brother's direction. The spear landed right next to his leg. The guy yelled, Are you sick? Were you trying to kill me? I grabbed the spear and pulled it out of the water. There was a fish fluttering on the tip of the spear. I missed because I was aiming for you, I told Jack with a sneer. Suddenly, Erica pointed her hand somewhere in the distance and yelled, The ship! Ship! We turned around. There was a ship heading towards the island. The three of us ran to warn our parents. A few hours later, we were already loading our belongings on board. Of course, it was Erica who was the happiest of all. She kept rushing us. Come on, what are you doing? Hurry up! We were all ready for twilight. Erica and I stood on the deck and admired the stars. But it was Jack who spoiled the moment. He got seasick again and dumped everything he'd eaten at dinner overboard. Well, this time I felt a little sorry for him. Two days later, we were already in port. A black limousine was also parked there. A man who looked a lot like the rich man from Monopoly got out of it. Erica ran toward him. They hugged each other. It was her father. Don't ever run away from me again, he said with tears in his eyes. Not unless you send me to another country, Erica answered, also with tears in her eyes. I promise. Erica and her dad got into the limo and the car took off. 
Now tears were running down my cheeks. She left without even saying goodbye. But the limo turned around. Erica jumped out of it and hugged each of us, even Jack. To me, she said, Did you really think I was going to leave like this? And she hugged me tight again. She handed me a card with a number on it. Call me. Let's go to the movies this weekend, said my new friend. I'll definitely call, I smiled. Can I come with you? asked Jack. We'll think about it, Erica and I said at the same time. Anyway, it ended well. Erica mended her relationship with her father, our dad went back to business, and I met my best friend. How did you meet your best friend? Write it in the comments. Like this video and make sure you subscribe to the channel. Bye! My brother is a cruel monster. One time he asked me if I wanted to buy his camera for $100. I said, sure, because I knew the camera was worth much more. But when he gave it to me, it didn't turn on. I asked, is the battery empty? And he laughed saying, no, but you dumb little girl just spent $100 on a broken camera. And that was nothing compared to what he did when my parents weren't home. He would force me to clean his room. And if I refused, he would twist my arm until I gave in. I hated my life until I made my first friend in school. Her name was Amy, and she often came by my home to talk about boys and stuff. Around that time, my brother suddenly started treating me well. One morning, he brought breakfast to my bed saying, I've realized I was a terrible brother, and I hope you will accept my apology. And on my birthday, he gave me super expensive wireless AirPods. I was really impressed and believed that he had changed after all. But then he told me, I think I have a crush on your friend Amy. Can you get me on a date with her? I responded, what? Is that why you were so nice to me recently? You want to sleep with my best friend? No, that has nothing to do with it. I just really like her, and maybe I could even become her boyfriend. Well, I believed him for some reason and invited Amy over to play Monopoly. She had no idea that my brother would join us, but once they met, they got along well. My brother played the band Nirvana on his phone, and Amy said, Oh my god, that's my favorite band. He responded, Really? Mine too. What? Did my brother stalk Amy? She had an Instagram photo with a Nirvana fan shirt. I hoped he wasn't manipulating her. At one point, he even asked, Have you ever had a boyfriend? Amy, blushing, saying, No, not yet. And my brother responded, Yeah, me neither. Huh? I knew my brother had had a girlfriend before. She broke up with him after she found out he wasn't loyal. I said, But you were dating Samantha, weren't you? Oh, but that wasn't a real relationship. Well, I thought it was best for me to leave and let them play along. But when I went to the bathroom the next morning, I saw Amy brushing her teeth. I said, you didn't go home last night? Oh, yeah. I slept in your brother's bed. But don't worry, nothing happened. She had hickeys all over her neck. I was surprised they had gone from zero to a hundred in one night. On the school bus, Amy told me, I think your brother and I are meant for each other. He's so gentle and kind. Well, I guess she didn't know my brother's dark side yet. When I got home, I told him, Promise me to not hurt Amy. I expected him to say, of course, but instead he smirked saying, she's already mine. I do with her whatever I want. Wah, had he only pretended to love her? I immediately called Amy saying, break up with my brother. He doesn't care one bit about you. But she responded, I think you're just jealous that I have a boyfriend and you don't. I'm disappointed that you don't care about my happiness. I didn't argue any further. She was acting like a baby. 
but when summer break started, Amy went on vacation to Europe. So I was surprised to see my brother came home drunk one night with lipstick on his face. I said, cheating on Amy? And he responded, don't annoy me, you dumb girl. Get out of my way. But I pulled out my phone and took a photo saying, if Amy sees the lipstick on your face, she might realize that you're nothing but a jerk. That's when my brother snatched the phone away and twisted my arm until I gave him the pin so he could delete the photo. But he didn't know it was already uploaded to my iCloud. I sent the photo to Amy and wrote, I just found my brother cheating on you. Dump him. Apparently, the news really broke her heart. She took the first flight home just so she could talk to my brother in person. I guess she hoped he would apologize and say he'd made a mistake. But instead, he told her to go away again. Apparently, watching cartoons was more important to him. Afterward, I tried to take care of Amy for weeks, but she only turned more and more crazy, saying, I'm gonna be with as many guys as possible to take revenge on your brother. I responded, that doesn't even make sense. But she kept going to parties every single night until she got together with Baxter. He was a caricature of an asshole and treated her so badly that she started having anxiety attacks and stopped coming to school. I went to my brother and said, you bastard, you broke my best friend. Whoa, relax. I broke her heart. It's no big deal. Well, because of you, she's dating Baxter, and he's treating her like trash. Wait, I know Baxter. He got kicked off our school for getting into a fistfight with a teacher, and he loved bullying smaller kids. Yeah, and now he's hurting Amy. That sucks, but what can I do about it? Well, ask her to get back with you. What? But then Baxter will beat me up as revenge. Ugh, don't worry, you would deserve it anyway. Well, my brother wrote Amy a message saying, Hey, I know I made a mistake, but can we try again? Amy didn't respond, but must have told Baxter that my brother was trying to steal her away from him. Because the next day, he came to our school and made my brother get on his knees and apologize. It was so embarrassing, but no one likes to mess with Baxter. Afterward, I went to Amy saying, My brother won't stop crying. He knows that letting you go was the biggest mistake of his life. And in the end, Amy is just a girl who wants to be loved. She asked, You really think he loves me? And I responded, Yes, and more than you could ever imagine. Suddenly, Amy started crying and said, But I'm afraid of breaking up with Baxter. He will get really angry. Well, in the end, my dad offered her protection. He's a policeman and let Amy live with us for two months. When Baxter kept banging on our door and didn't go away, my dad arrested him and somehow found a weapon in his pants. I'm not sure if my dad framed him, but I don't care. I'm just happy Baxter is still serving his six-month prison sentence. Meanwhile, my brother and Amy dated for a few more weeks until she got sick of his bad hygiene and dumped him. Hey, my name is Maria, and something strange happened to me. A billionaire offered me $2 million to marry his son. He told me he wanted a grandchild and that I would make a great mother. But as I later found out, that was a lie. His real intention was to exploit me and enrich himself off of me. And I was barely 18 years old when all this happened. It's a crazy story. When I was little, my parents lived in a house on a hill. That's why we always drove down a steep slope to get me to school. But one day, the brakes failed and our car accelerated all the way down the slope until we crashed into a wall. I was the only survivor, and the police investigation revealed that someone had cut the brake lines of our car, although they never caught the culprit of the crime. As an inheritance, my parents only left me a few acres of worthless land in the countryside, which I couldn't even sell until I turned 18. So I grew up dirt poor in a foster family here in Mexico. 
Life was rough until I got approached one day by a well-dressed man. Are you Maria? Yes. I'm Raphael. I was close friends with your parents, and to honor my friendship with them, I wanted to make sure you were well taken care of. It's tragic how they passed away, but I'm here to offer you a job in my company as a personal assistant. Oh, thank you, but I'm still in high school and not looking for a job. Raphael didn't care, and offered me a starting salary of 60,000 US dollars, which was a crazy high amount for a poor Mexican girl like me. I couldn't say no to such a generous offer, but I still hesitated because there was something creepy about this guy. He kept telling me, I know what is best for you, while pushing me around with his hand on my naked shoulder. I was only 17, and he made me feel extremely uncomfortable, but against my gut feeling, I accepted the offer. Raphael's company was in the mineral extraction business, and when I came into his office to shake his hand, I accidentally knocked over a glass of water on his lap. I'm sorry! Never mind, darling. Mistakes happen. The question is, will you correct them? Wait, did he want me to personally dry his crotch? He grinned at me, but before I could respond, someone else came into the room. Oh, there he is. Maria, this is my son, Diego. You'll be his new personal assistant. I hope you get along well. Diego was the same age as me, but a creep. On my first day of work, he told me, Maria, it'll be fun having you work below me, or above me, depending what position you prefer, if you know what I mean. I think he was trying to be funny, but all it did was gross me out. One week later, he made me massage his shoulders and said, A massage without happy ending is like torture. Anyway, I know a good restaurant downtown. We can go there on a romantic date and get to know each other a bit more... intimately. Listen, I'm not interested in you because I'm not attracted to creeps. Diego's response surprised me. He suddenly apologized and begged me to give him another chance. It was strange. After all, his family was rich, and he could have easily dated a prettier girl than me. So why was he so desperate to date me? I turned him down again, but this time he got mad and said, You poor girl, think I'm not good enough for you? Do you know who I am? I've got connections. I can pay the cartels to let you hang down a bridge. He was referring to the Mexican cartels that sometimes hang their enemies from bridges. This time, he had taken it too far, though. No salary was worth being threatened, so I told his dad, Rafael, about his behavior. Thank you for letting me know. Don't worry. Diego won't bother you again. I promise. An hour later, I heard shouting coming out of Rafael's office. Then Diego stepped out with blood running down his mouth and a swollen black eye. Someone had beaten him up. Oh my god, are you alright? Yeah, I'm okay. Listen, I want to apologize for threatening you. I just really like you and I'm not good at showing it. Before I could say a word, he rushed away. Then his dad came out. What happened to Diego? He had an accident, but it's none of your business. Why don't you come into my office for a minute? We need to talk. I could see the bruises on Raphael's knuckles, and I was afraid that he might hurt me too, but I went in anyway. My son Diego is a spoiled prick and loser. He lacks the intelligence to take over my business one day, and that's why I need you. I want you to marry my son and give me a grandchild. You can divorce him again afterward if you like. All I want is a legitimate heir, and I am willing to pay you two million US dollars for it. Are you serious? Yes, but you have to hurry. I expect you to marry him within three months, or else I'll fire you from your job and find another woman to marry my son. Also, Diego must never know about our deal. It suddenly all made sense. Raphael had given me this job so I would fall in love with his son, 
but I kept rejecting Diego, which is why Rafael was now offering me money to marry him. Of course, I still despised Diego. He was a creepy weirdo. But I grew up poor, and I didn't want to go back to living in a shack and eating beans all day. The $2 million offer was my ticket to financial freedom, and so I accepted it. I just never suspected that Rafael was actually having a hidden and much more sinister plan as to why he wanted me to marry his son. So the next day, I tried to seduce Diego rather directly. Hey, I need your help. My little kitty climbed up a shelf and can't get down again. Can you come home with me and help her? Oh, um, sure. We got to my home and I said, actually, I don't have a cat. And then I kissed him. Wait, I thought you don't like me. What? No, I was just playing hard to get. I actually love it when you make naughty jokes. Diego fell for it and proposed to me a month later. I said yes, but I was already thinking about divorcing him again as soon as he got me pregnant and I got my $2 million check. But the night before our wedding, Diego drank more than he should have and said, I completed my task, but he can keep his filthy money. What are you talking about? My father, he promised me $2 million if I marry you. But I don't want his money. I've got you and that's all that matters. I didn't tell Diego that his dad had made me the same offer. Instead, I asked, why would he pay you that much money? I don't know. He was probably just lying anyway. He wants everyone to think he is wealthy when he's actually broke. He has a gambling addiction and is in debt. He told me if I managed to marry you before your 18th birthday, all our financial problems would be solved. You were worth a fortune, he said. I? Worth a fortune? How come? No idea. But the answer is in a red folder at my dad's office safe. He waved it in his hand when he talked about it with me. I tried to grab it, but he said, No, first you marry Maria, and then I'll let you in on the plan. Then he put the folder into his safe. Do you know the combination to open it? Yeah, I think so. So in the middle of the night, we entered his dad's office to try and open the safe. But Diego couldn't figure out the right code. You said you knew the combination! I'm sorry, maybe I drank too much. What a moron! But then I had an idea. It seemed as if I was the protagonist of this whole story. So I went ahead and typed in my own birth date. Click. The safe opened, and I fished out the red folder. To my surprise, it contained a plot map of the land I had inherited from my parents after they died. Then I turned the page and found a geological report that said that there were palladium reserves worth 200 million US dollars on my land. Suddenly, it all made sense, but then I heard his voice. Look who's here. Raphael entered the office with a bodyguard by his side. As soon as you enter the wrong pin into the safe, it sends an alert to my phone. I knew right away that my idiot son betrayed me. You disappoint me again. Raphael looked at Diego with utter contempt. Maria, I see you found the folder. Why don't we make a deal? Nah, I think I'll pass. Oh, you are just as arrogant as your father. He betrayed me when he bought that land and didn't share it with me. That's why I had to murder him after all. Yeah, it all makes sense now. You murdered my parents because no one else knew how valuable the land was, and you wanted to buy the land for cheap after we all died. Correct. But unfortunately, you survived the accident and inherited the land. I thought about murdering you in your children's home, but it was too risky. So instead, I chose to let you marry my son. Because if we discovered how valuable your land was after you married him, then half of the land's appreciation would go to my family. So what now? 
You either marry my son, or I have to get rid of you once and for all. Afraid, I grabbed Diego's arm, saying, Whatever happens, I really loved you. Of course I was lying! But Diego ate it up and threw himself on his dad to disarm him. The bodyguard got into the brawl too, and I had time to escape. I took the red folder with me, and when I turned 18, I approached a big international mineral extraction company and showed them the geological report. Palladium has multiplied in value over recent years, so the land that was worth $200 million 20 years ago, I was able to sell for more than a billion dollars. After all, life was good to me. I was gone for five minutes, but five minutes was always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? Well, he didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time, so I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair. And she ran away so fast, she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17, and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts. But I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, Would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Sure. And so we started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness, and I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene, yeah, I lost my temper a little bit there. But it's understandable too. Once we were supposed to do a biology project. When they started announcing couples, I had my fingers crossed. I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike. Miss Morris, meanwhile, announced, Katie and Rob. Oh, shit, I blurted out, but quietly. Miss Morris continued, Mike and Tiffany. 
it was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision. But all I got in response was, your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time, said, are we going to work on ours? I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon, and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess, I asked him, where will you be working on the project? Tiffany invited me to her house. Cool, I think they have a hot tub. I tried not to show, but it was hard. Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance, though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of, Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once, if I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. Great, I lied. But, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on to put my mind at rest, but I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. <laughs> don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand. I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were. The house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live, or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> That's funny. Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are. Okay, fine. But I don't like it. 
I patted Rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor, gripping the gutter tightly with my hands. It was pretty high, and I didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of Tiffany's house. As I climbed onto the balcony, I looked down and waved to Rob. He waved back. I waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell. The guy left. I opened the door and went inside. Everything in Tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive. Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive, handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First, I saw Tiffany come out of the room, and then I saw Mike. He came downstairs, too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's. Where were we? Something that makes you feel good. Ah, that's it! I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet. I knew it! Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike. You're in love with Tiffany! What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them. Watching you cheat on me. But we were just working on a project. I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this. Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But no, Katie, it's over. Mike, not wanting to hear my excuses, left the room. I guess you can find your own way out, Tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after Mike. I came home depressed. I couldn't believe Mike had left me, all because of Tiffany. Who am I kidding, my inner voice said. This was all my fault. Why did I have to go to her house? I knew Mike would never lie to me, but it was too late. I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Oh, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob in the mouse cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear. But at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. 
What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? 